0: You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. This show contains information about injuries to riders competing in AMA Supercross, AMA Motocross, MXGP, Pro MX and other international moto events. The information discussed may be unsettling to some listeners. It might be incomplete or based on medical opinions due to riders tending to hide the details of their injuries. We are here to explain the information and increase injury understanding and visibility for the fans. There might be coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If any of this offends you, turn us off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. that's right moto fans i'm not a doctor but i am a physiotherapist and this is episode 46 of the always moto podcast i'm your host david hogan we'll be joined during the show by the always moto contractor and as always he's still i just i don't know what's happening here but he's still looking and waiting to get paid this is the always moto podcast we are in the depths of the clinic and throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick as always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be talking super motocross and the very, very light field that will be starting the East Coast Supercross series that's happening this weekend for their kickoff at Houston. We're talking always moto fantasy league, the super motocross emergency department heading into Houston uh, and maybe a few other bits and pieces. We'll see how we go. But as always, bringing you to the show today is Polar Australia and Slant Board Guy. For Polar Australia, their incredible range of activity tracking and heart rate monitors uh, from their H10 chest strap and their top of the line GPS watch, the Polar Grit X Pro. Now, we've got the Grit X Pro on the wrist here. It's telling me my heart rate is currently 82 and it's got up a little bit because I've just you know hype myself up to get this intro done but it's tracking me nice and smoothly we're actually getting a few sessions back in we're only a few days post-op from the shoulder minus sling but we're getting the chart rate going again so we'll be getting some more info into that system there review coming here soon uh so check that out if you want anything polar australia check out the link in the show notes and you can hop onto their website and shop your heart till you till your heart keeps beating whilst you're tracking it with the polar australia Thanks also to Slantboard Guy. Now, we're going to have a Slantboard Guy review out here very, very shortly. It's going to be the first Always Moto inspection for 2023 that comes out. The Grid X Pro will be the second one. So keep an eye out for that. But don't forget with Slantboard Guy, we have that affiliate deal in place and they're offering a 10% discount for Always Moto podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you, you should be using the code alwaysmoto in lowercase at checkout, and that will get you that ten percent discount. There's also a link in the show notes that you can follow, or in our bio on our um, on the bio Insta- on the Instagram. <laughs> but but if you but that's what you got to do. You have got to go to that uh, link, use the code alwaysmoto, and get that slant board, and you'll be getting those squats and legs much much better. As always, we need some direct show support here. We have our t-shirts available. Please purchase one. They are $25 plus postage and handling. You need to send us an email at alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com. Put t-shirt order in the subject line. Send us the size you want and your uh, details and we'll be in touch with a PayPal um, invoice so you to pay it uh, and we'll organize delivery via there. If you want to send us some support directly as well, send us a donation on PayPal account. Drop us a message or a question in the notes, and we'll read it out on the show. All right, enough intro talk. Let's jump into the show and talk Super Motocross. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Scott meshe number 411, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, we're rolling with this show 46. Uh, let's get started. We had a question. so The contract is on the line, too, by the way. Benny's on, on with us. Uh, so we had a qu- I had a question that came up that I noticed on Twitter on the weekend when I when all the injuries came out for the 250 East guys that haven't even started yet, and it was around practice crashes versus race crashes that resulted in injuries, and that was from uh, I think it was Sport and Wood on Twitter, and I love that uh, that handle. I don't know about you, Benny, but that one pops up often. I, I have a little chuckle at it. Yeah,
1: there's there's a few that pop up continuously in my feed, so. Um, they get a lot of interaction
0: which is good yeah but i i don't know i just like this this particular one i don't know sport and wood for some reason just uh, hits right right in the, <laughs> hitting the right spot for me i don't know it just it tickles it so anyway but um yeah so he asked the question about that practice versus racing crashes and i said to him at the time that there's not that big of a difference in terms of the practice and the racing and i it, there isn't but it's interesting to hear the actual stats from it all right so So far this year, there's been 32 injuries for Supercross season that we've recorded. And I take injuries, I record the injuries, I don't know if you know this, Benny, but I record the injuries from when their pre-season starts for Supercross. So when those dates of contracts change over normally, which is at October 1st, they all start riding Supercross. That's when I start taking down um, the next season's injury data as in this is 2023 season now for Supercross. So from that point on, we've had 32 injuries. 13 of those happened pre-season. That's including the East Coast guys that are doing it in January still because they're waiting for their season to start. So that's uh, 13 pre-season injuries. There's been 19 injuries since racing started at at Anaheim uh, 1. 14 of those are from practicing. 18 of those are from race days. So it's not too different split. So that ends up being 44% of injuries from training and 56% are from a race day. And that gives us so far, which this is the ridiculous number, 10.6 injuries per round so far in 2023. That's compared to three and three point six and three point seven the years before. So we're up a lot. Like obviously we've only had what three rounds to compare to. But our injuries per round is pretty high so far in 2023. Then in so comparison, right? So we had 44% injuries in training, 56% in from race days so far this year. 2022, it was 60 40, 40 percent training, 60 percent from race, and if we go back even further, just as a random spot in time, 2011, 2011 we had 38 percent from training and 62 percent from race, so not a lot has changed. There's not that much difference in it. Yes, it seems a little higher this year, but there's going to be those little variances every year, up and down, but they're all about the same. It seems from 2011 uh, with that historical data there. So. It's not that big of a difference. Obviously, yes, we don't want to see guys crashing every day on the week, uh, but they do spend a lot of time practicing and a lot less time racing. So if you look at it that, from that point of view too, they're obviously making, still having more injuries during race day than they are practice, and they race less than they practice. So I don't know what to tell you guys and girls out there, but uh, injuries are going to happen in moto. That's why we've got that hashtag, injuries are a part of moto. Any suggestions? Now, Benny, we threw this out to you before we hit record and I'll throw it out to you again, but any suggestions to solve this practice crash injury situation?
1: I don't really have any. I think they're just, you know, race day is like higher, as you just said. Um, They're all just, they go so fast and they're all trying to just make that, you know, make it into the night show. These accidents are going to happen. I'm sure more people than not wear different kind of, protective gear um but yeah it's so hard like what do you do
0: yeah it's i think that's where nobody knows any different right like so far there's been no changes in years in this sort of stuff and that's even with the little and i say little progressions in in protective gear because yes we've had some improvements in stuff but in general sense the stuff is still the same if anything our you know the riding clothing, the, the jersey, the pants, the gloves, they've gotten lighter and thinner and less protective over the years, um, which is good for a movement point of view and you know less weight on you. But from when you hit the deck and get a graze, that's less effective. Um, but the helmets and stuff, the designs are generally still the same. They've got better tech in them, um, but they're still having, we're still seeing regular concussions. Uh, it's not like that's all of a sudden stopped because the helmets have improved massively. And maybe that's where our, our man, Heltec, um, with the G-Force sensors that are gonna come out here soon, that might help things improve in that range as well. We'll have to wait and see how that product goes when it hits the market. But from, from the gear side of things, I don't think it's changed too much. But the thing that I, I thought of at this point, and we'll, we'll reach out for everybody else to get some opinions on this it's after, after the show, I thought that, you, and you might see this. You might notice in some of the other other like sports out there. You know, your footballs, your soccer's, and all that sort of stuff. They tend to wear more stuff when they train, especially like the NFL or the or in our, in Australia the NRL guys. They might wear a bit more padding and stuff when they actually do some of these. You know, contact sessions. They might put on the extra piece, or they have a you know different uh, set of padding that they wear for, for shoulder protection that they might not wear during a game because it actually gives them more, less. Less movement and they feel more encumbered by it. But when they practice, they wear it so that they don't get the injury and they make it to the actual competition side of things Not because the training's not as important, is it? Um, But, yeah, so whether they could come up with maybe they've got a bigger, more protective um, piece on that they wear for chest and shoulder protection during practice that they don't then wear during competition or maybe we just need a general overhaul of our gear and how it's worn and how it fits and all that sort of stuff. And, like, these guys... You've seen Benny with the like those silly science of Supercross segments at times. The, you know they had that one year or so ago about the Fox Fox gear getting scanned. Um, you know, so that they customize the sizings of the gear for the the pants and jersey. Why can't they do something like that and scan the rider for you know a chest protector that fits them better and and more effectively? Yeah, that's
1: right. And they're bringing out so many products. But they're all, like you said, just very similar and getting lighter. But, yeah, if they've got the technology to do something like that, you think that they could, you know, make a big, pretty much from the neck down to probably your waist, um, protector that, you know, if you hit the ground, it might protect your shoulder or the common collarbone injury. Um, but, yeah, it's... Like
0: we said, it's just hard. It is hard. I'm glad you mentioned collarbones, actually, because that's the one thing that I think needs to have some sort of protection from those injuries. The collarbone and the AC joint, which is part of the, the end of the collarbone, those are the ones that seem to be happening all the time. And we don't—they generally don't wear anything on the end of their shoulder when that's the impact point that then translates to a collarbone fracture. So, what if we started wearing some sort of pad that absorbed the impact and took some of the pressure away from the collarbone? Would that reduce our injuries? in that particular variance of it um you don't know because nobody's got anything to wear like that so anyway but it's it's hard to solve here on a on a podcast it'd it'd take years of uh, research and development with these gear brands to try and put some things in place but if you've got any thoughts out there in the world about how you think you could solve these practice crash injuries doesn't matter how dumb they are i got told once before about um, somebody said, let's have a button on the side of the practice track and it sets off um, sets off the whole track as the tough blocks um, are like a, a, an airbag in a car so that when they land on them, they, they just get a soft thing. Let's send them in, um, send in, send in your thoughts, um, DM them to us on Instagram at alwaysmodo um, and, uh, yeah, we can go from there. Benny, you're typing on the notes. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: So I'm going to ask you a question. Obviously, you don't ride Supercross, but – how much gear did you have on when you
0: had your accident? <laughs> so that- Good question, mate. All right. Well, I have. I, I once, and this is this was something I was. Gonna, I'm going to bring up. I've been in chat with um, the CTI guys from Australia and US, and we we're trying to work on a podcast for CTI knee braces here in the future. But. Funnily enough, the, the importer and distributor or whatever you want to call it from CDI in Australia is actually Stephen Gall. And many of you know him as four-time, I think it is, Mr. Motocross Champion. And I did a school of his when I was younger and my dad picked up on this one line out of it and it was probably the worst part of the whole thing. But he, Stephen said to us at one point, you should wear as much protective gear as you can still stand up in and get on the bike with. So my dad took that at that time. I was 10 or whatever took that as anything that they sold you could put on as long as you could stand up and walk to your bike you, you should wear it so i sort of still carried that on obviously my physio background and stuff i still wear a lot more stuff than probably others but i had boots i, I run tech 7s uh, alpine stars i've got knee braces um i i still wear a kidney belt um i wear an alpine stars chest protector which is actually i think it's the eight it's an older one it's an a10 And it has a side panel that comes around to protect your rib cage as well as the up the back and the front and the shoulder cups. I leave the shoulder cups on. Um, I wear an Arrow helmet, uh, which is the VX Pro 4. And I wear elbow guards. Uh, And I also, from an old injury, I wear a left wrist brace. So I'm pretty well covered. And I still got mangled as as fuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, yeah, like I said, it's a little bit different to Supercross, what you were doing, but, yeah, I just thought I'd say how much much gear
0: you have on. People always say that sort of stuff that, oh, you're doing off-road stuff, so you you should wear more stuff because you're going to bump into a tree or whatever as you go past, but my argument is if you wear the stuff, because they always say, oh, I can't move as well, well… My argument's always been that if you wear it for long enough, you get used to it and you don't notice it. But these guys don't wear it long enough to get used to it. So they don't get used to it and then they don't wear it and then they should have worn it and then they might not have had the, had the, you know, the crash or the graze on them that prevented them from riding the next week. So it's all exposure. I think they can wear it. I don't, think, I don't really care which, which um, you know, discipline you're doing. You should have the gear on if you can wear it.
1: Yeah, and they I think most of them wear knee braces, but speaking from my experience, I never did growing up. I just wore, you know, whatever, and then when I got a bit more serious, I got all the proper stuff, but I never wore knee braces. And one of my mates in particular always said to me, why don't you have them? And I said I just never, never really worried about it. And then after my knee injury that wasn't to do with, riding, yeah. I got a, um, I bought a set of the AC9 uh, pod knee braces that came out and he's like, they're going to be weird for the first little bit when you wear them and I think after the first day I was fine and so that's another thing that like people say and there was a whole big thing not too long ago about knee braces um, and whether they hurt your riding or get in the way but after a day I was fine, they didn't worry me anymore.
0: That's it, eh? It it you just you just become that becomes the new normal. You get used to it. You make adjustments to it so it fits better. You might make the padding a bit thinner or something in one spot because a lot of these you can adjust the pad sizes. I know on the the Mobius ones you can do that. But yeah, you you get around it. You get used to it. It becomes the new normal, and but you're more protected.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know, to prevent more injuries to my knee, um, that's why I went ahead and got them. So I'll wear them every time I ride now.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're just used to it. as part of what you put on every time. So it becomes the normal. So, yeah, I, I subscribe to that theory, but uh, lots of people don't, and they don't wear it because it's uncomfortable when they first put it on. Well, give it a chance, and, um, yeah, you'll find out that it's actually useful in many different ways. All right, that's the injury bit there, just to give that little bit of um, context for, for practice versus racing crashes. But like we said, send in your thoughts on how you can solve these practice crashes. Um, send us a DM on Instagram. I've uh, curious to see what wild ideas you might have out there. All right, Anaheim 2 has been and gone. Triple Crown was a bit wild. Uh, we had a few interesting crashes, let's say. Uh, McAdoo obviously started off the day. We weren't sure he was going to make it through to the night program. Blew his hand off the bars and the whoops. And then later in the night, I thought it was pretty funny that, well, not funny, but, you know, humorous, that the similar sort of thing happened to RJ Hampshire where his hand blew off the bars in that whooped sand section. And it just seemed odd that two guys of that level had their hands blow off in similar sort of scenarios in the one night.
1: Yeah. So McAdoo's hand blew off in the whoops. Now, from memory, it was his left hand. Yep. I think, which is the clutch. So, does that how many fingers they have on the uh, on the clutch slash and then the handlebar? Does that come into effect there, of it blowing off?
0: Could, yeah, could do. But I I hear that a lot of these guys nowadays don't actually have a finger on the clutch in the whoops. They have the whole hand on the handlebar. So that would mean even be more suspicious as to how they held his handle off the bar.
1: Yeah, and then I think RJ's was the right hand. It was, yep. So two completely different sides in two different sections and, yeah, they both had pretty big crashes. And going back to what you were saying about the thin material of the gear, you look at, McAdoo's arm on his Instagram is just just swollen and grazed. And, you know, he had the gear on, but obviously no elbow pads or anything like that because his arm's just a mess.
0: Yeah. And like that's probably literally just the jersey material that hit the ground to protect him, you know. So, like, it's no bigger than, no thicker than your t shirt that you're probably wearing right now. Like, that's going to do absolutely jack shit. So, would his arm have been half the size or at all swollen if he had? An elbow guard on and stuff, you'll never know. But I think I'd try and wear the elbow guard at that point.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: So, and then Tomac. What about Tomac's crash? What did you think of that one?
1: Very unlike Tomac. Um, I think he just, I don't know whether he'd come out of that if he hit a rut or anything and it just threw him left. Um, but yeah, that was, it was big. Um, and he did lean on the tough box, but he did whack his head and I'm surprised he got up as quick as he did. Um, but then when he, when he got up, he went to pick the bike up and it looked like he hesitated and I thought, oh, maybe his arm, like something is wrong with his arm. But uh, there's nothing wrong, but that was just, yeah, from when I saw it, I was like, oh, dear.
0: Yeah, no, so you, you made a good point. He did hit his head, right? But I think, and this goes back to what we are talking before about design of the gear. This piece for, for Tomac actually worked perfectly, right? His, the part that impacted the ground was his peak, and the peak of the helmet is designed to move or break the, the screws and the, the little tab that's in the middle of it to break those things so that it can take the impact away from directly impacting the head and the brain. So I think that you know, when you see him got up and the, the visor's over the goggles and he had to rip it up sort of thing, that actually did exactly what it was designed to do. So he got really lucky with where he impacted the ground and his head, and then obviously even more lucky that the rest of him landed on a tough block. So he pretty much got away with that one scot free. But um if anything, I dare say it just took a hit to his confidence.
1: Yeah, and I th- he uh, he was going for Webb. I don't think he was just sitting back. Um, I think it was Webb that was in front of yeah, him. Yeah, he
0: wanted him bad yeah. at that point. I think.
1: Yeah, but I'd like to see, um, yeah, what Max especially now that the points gap is a lot smaller, uh, I'd like to see how he plays out the rest of the season, whether he goes takes a step back after that or nothing changes and straight back into it this week.
0: I think he had, like, in that earlier in that lap, you know how they had that long flat straight after that bit where RJ crashed across the start line and they did the, the ball turn and then another long straight bowl turn? In that section, you could see his intensity was up and he was going for it. And I think he had the mentality that he could win that um, overall and that would be three in a row. And you could see that he was just going for it and he just made that little mistake of Webb being there where he didn't expect him to be and he faded off the edge of the jump. But I dare say he will probably won't have the same intensity at the next round in terms of trying to push for it if he's not in front. But I'd say he's still going to be going... I'm pretty hammer and tongs I think he's on he's just on another level at the moment and he he showed that up until that crash
1: (laughs) yeah and the other thing too there's probably they won't you know they won't admit it but I'd say he might be still probably a little bit sore um which you know might come into effect as well but yeah he's a man on a mission and there's just no pretty much no stopping
0: him no definitely so what about uh, Roxon's ride? Suzuki back on the podium for the first time in, I think it was nearly four years or three and a bit years at least, because it was Reedy in 19, apparently on a JGR Suzuki.
1: Yeah, I was I was really hoping that he was going to win. I, th- I thought he was going to pull it off, to be honest.
0: He was uh, damn I close, thought he, hey. could...
1: he was. Just that bad, bad start uh, in that last race just killed him, but... He, um, I think he's getting more and more comfortable each week and I think it won't be too far before we might uh, see him sneaker winning.
0: Yeah, I think he's getting closer and he's obviously getting more comfortable on that bike. That that three on the, the table, three off the table was pretty impressive um, for him to be like almost the only one doing it. Tomac picked it up later, um, but that was pretty impressive for him to do that out of sort of nowhere all of a sudden. So that was awesome. He's getting comfy on, that, comfy on that Suzuki. But speaking of Suzuki's, what about McElrath? You've got down here in the comments that we're talking through, is it the bike or is it just rubbish? What's happening to McElrath?
1: I don't know. I know he hasn't had much time on that bike um, and he's only just scraping through, but he hasn't really been able to put anything together you know, he didn't do too bad at World Supercross. Um, but he just hasn't been able to put anything together the last few years. And then uh, he did uh, – was he part of that Rocky Mountain deal that went south? And was part of
0: that, yep.
1: yeah. And see, that, that doesn't help either. But, yeah, he just – you know, I, I was never a big fan of him. And I met him at World Supercross and he completely changed my view on him as a person Um Just didn't really do anything. Yeah, he just didn't really do anything for me. And then when I like I went up, I still thought I'll go see what he's like. And he could not say any more. Like he was just asking if we're having a good weekend, you know, where we were staying, what was going on. And just completely changed my view. But yeah, it's just it's shitty to see that he is where he is, like just scraping to get in these races. And I just, yeah, I'm not sure if it's the bike or it's
0: just, it's him. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either at this point. But I dare say if he's still getting similar sort of, you know, results as in just scraping into the mains in like another four to six weeks, well, then it might be just him because he would have had plenty of time over that point then to have had the bike adjusted, tweaked. Kenny's settings put on his bike, whatever, you know, it might just be by that point it might just be him and not gelling with the Suzuki or it might just be him altogether. So we'll, we'll know in a few more rounds, but um, it's not looking so good at the moment. What about Adam Cincerulo? I don't know about you. You've been saying <laughs> you've got down his building. I'm almost over the comments from the commentary team about him building. I just want to see him actually just stay on the track for the rest of the season. I don't care what he does. The top 10 is fine with me.
1: Yeah, I think a person like him is very hard to just... uh, He's getting these starts, especially in the triple ground, which I knew, you know, I thought that he would. But, you know, he starts up front. Yeah, he might fade back a little bit. But it must be so hard for him not to just go, I'm here, let's just go for it. But instead, he's just being smart you know, just trying to stay on the bike. He'll take an eighth if that's what it is on the night. Uh, but, yeah, everyone wants to see him do a full season, but it's just so good to see him back out there and still getting TV. Like, you know, he's getting TV time somewhat still quick um, in the heat race. You know, he got third last weekend or the weekend before, whenever it was. Um, it's just, yeah, it's good to see him back out
0: there. It is, but I'm going to say something probably controversial here in terms of where everybody thinks his results are going to be by the end of the season. I don't see him getting more than fourth for the rest of the season. That I think that'll be his best result because you look at you look at Sexton, Tomac, and Webb at the moment, if they stay healthy the whole season, I don't think he's getting on their level by the end of the season. He's too far off now to gain that up considering they're going to improve as well over the next Know what is it, thirteen or twelve rounds, whatever's left. So yeah, I think fourth to fifth will be his best result at best over the next few rounds till the end of the season if he stays there on track. That is facey
1: Yeah, and I, it could be more. You know, it could be more than that in a triple crown, but it's just it. You still got to go up against the you know the people that are been there week in week out, and you know, I don't know. Normal main event, yeah, I think the fourth to the fifth back is probably where he can be. But the commentary team are just, you know, give it a few more weeks, give it a few more weeks, and he's going to get a win here and there.
0: I, I don't uh, think that's happening. So, I don't see it. He's yeah, too yeah. far off. He's too far off in fitness, in speed. He can't maintain it. Like he can do – he hasn't even set a fastest lap time in, in um, practice yet, you know, so it's it's not going to happen the way they think. There's takes too much more for his body to adapt. He's not going to get there. But I could be wrong. But let's see. I'm going to be the one that's controversial and say he won't do it. <laughs> but on that.
1: Oh, don't, don't worry. If he, if he does. Oh, you'll let we'll me know. Cheering. I know
0: you're a super fan. So, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I'm a fan too. I want to see him do well, but I just don't see it being this year. He might do it in outdoors. He might do it in super motocross. But in supercross right now, no, not happening. And that's because I'm pretty sure Cooper Webb is fully back. What do you reckon?
1: I said this after A1, and you said you weren't sure if you'd seen enough yet. So in my eyes, I think I've seen enough. I think he's back. He, he's got that bike where it needs to be and still improving on it. Uh, and he, you know, some of the passes he was making right down low in the turns, uh, that's what he used to be able to do. But last year's bike didn't let him do that. Um, but, yeah, he—you t- you can just tell he's back.
0: Yeah, I'll say he's back, but I'm going to say too that if if there's nothing wrong with Tomac after that crash this weekend and he stays healthy for the rest of the season, it's going to take a mistake from Tomac for Webb to really beat Tomac because Tomac's, as much as Webb's back, Tomac's just already way in front.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure that Webb will get a win. Um, I'm not saying he's going to win, but he's definitely back to how he used to be. Mm. Um, but I'm just still not sure he's going to, yeah, like you said, I just don't know if he can beat Sexton or Tomac straight up.
0: No, exactly. So this weekend we're heading to Houston. It's going east coast for the 250s. It switches coasts. Um, the entry list is getting a bit thin in the uh, factory teams with all those injuries that happen, and we'll talk about some of those injuries in the emergency department in a little bit here. But a couple of interesting things. One, I've gone onto the um, AMA Supercross site to get the entry list and I've done it twice now over the couple of the last couple of days and Jeremy Martin's not on the entry list for some reason, which I'm, we know he's riding, and neither's Hunter Lawrence. Um, so I don't know what the hell's going on there, but they're not on the entry list, um, but we know they're racing at Houston. But the ones that aren't racing in Houston, Joe Shimoda, Seth Amica, Jalik Swole, they're all not turning up. Uh, we know they're out injured, but... Who is left on this list that you think is going to be able to challenge who I think is the favorite for this one? Uh, Hunter Lawrence.
1: I'm going to back Jordan Smith.
0: Really? That's not who I thought you'd go to.
1: (laughs) Who did you think I would choose?
0: Just not Jordan Smith. I don't know. (laughs) Uh,
1: No, I think he's so... He's with Star now, and I just think that program, and he's been on the bike for a while now because uh, he didn't do motocross, and I think once that October date came, he switched over. Uh, but I just can't see, you know, maybe Thrasher, he's going to have to show me something. Like he did win the last Supercross uh, last year. But I don't know. Moseman can't stay off the ground and we saw that in motocross again, and it happens in Supercross. It's just not really anyone else, maybe Anstey, uh, but yeah, I think jo- I think Jordan Smith's gonna be a dark horse, but he also likes to lay on the ground, so hopefully Star have smartened that up somehow, uh, or he's just figured it out, but yeah, I'm gonna pick him as a dark horse, but obviously we want Hunter to win.
0: Yeah, we obviously we want Hunter to win, but yeah, I, I see Jordan as like three or four, but I see Mosman or um, uh, Anstey getting in that 2-3 um, overall series range. I'm not saying for, for Houston, but I reckon they're going to be there for the whole thing. So we'll have to um, see how that goes. But the rest of the list here for the East Coast guys, I don't know about you, as I scroll through it, I see a lot of like, you know, privateer-ish level sort of sort of guys on this list I don't see heaps of depth which is going to make the uh, the fantasy tips here shortly that we're going to go through for Always Moto Fantasy League difficult to say the least
1: yeah well we just picked our teams before and yeah it's uh, it's going to be hard because you can't pick, pick the same people week in week out but there's going to be a lot of probably higher handicaps that get within that you know, double points or decent amount of point range. So, yeah, every week's going to be hard. But, yeah, there's like you said, there's not much depth at all. Mm. Um, And that's, you know, that's with some of the teams having fill-in riders as well. Um, I can't see Talon Hawkins on this list. And I know he's just, um, for Rockstar Husqvarna, he's just, announced that he's going to race this weekend. So that's another name. But even then, that's, you know, that's rookie. So Well, yeah, then we
0: go into the rookie side of things because, like, there's a bunch of them. There's Hymas, there's um, Deegan, and and now Hawkins. So, yeah, there's a few of those that are on factory things, but I'm not picking them for a championship or a race win at this point in time, especially not round one for that sort of thing. So it will be interesting to see how that all plays out. Yeah, and
1: then you got guys like, Tom Vial, you know, he's the rookie, but never raced supercross. You know, he's, it'd be interesting to see how he goes, but yeah, he's like, you know, I don't pick him as a race winner or anywhere near the championship fight, but he could just, you know, he's one of those people that have the talent, could just come out and surprise everyone. Um, where you've got a guy like Cody shock, who had a really good season, uh, two, three seasons ago, and then has been plagued by injuries in between. So, he could come back out, maybe not, but, yeah, this weekend will show us what we've
0: got. Yeah, we're going to have to have a good look at those practice times when we get to our fantasy picks and make sure we're actually on the money there or not. So, yeah, we'll be interested to see how that goes. So, speaking of fantasy, let's jump into that one. Hope MX uh, Fantasy, we've got the Always Moto Fantasy League on there. We are, I haven't actually closed it yet, but I'm closing it before this weekend's round because we are – Now at the East Coast, uh, we got up to, let me just double check that number. I've got down 108 that we managed to get to, but let me just double check to make sure we haven't had any sneaky ones join in in the last few days since I checked that number and it's gonna take forever to load, good timing. Oh yeah, we did get a couple of sneakies, we're up to 110. So I'm gonna have to change that password there and we'll be locked in and we'll be actually able to start getting some of these uh roundish prizes happening here for us in the always motor fantasy league and those prizes are going to be thanks to our sponsors there coastal motorcycle center goat brand mx thor mx australia michelin australia ringmaster images and Helltech australia so let's have a quick look benny what is your and you might have to go back to the dashboard screen here what is your current points total for fantasy so far
1: it's horrible, i tell you that much. <laughs> if you really want the honest answer. Worse,
0: worse than mine, which I like. So,
1: uh, so 664. So, Six. I'm nearly 100 points from the leap.
0: Well, I'm 673. So.
1: Yeah, so what are you for? Four positions higher than me. Yeah. After, funny enough, we both drew.
0: Last yeah, week, yeah. I, I don't know how we managed that. You just have to thank your uh, your uh, first of the finish lines there for you for the extra one. I picked, I picked Jet for one, but I didn't pick a 451. So, yeah, so you managed yeah. to sneak through on that side of things. But anyway, so in the actual league overall positions, uh, I don't know, I don't have this one, I'm pretty sure. I haven't checked, double-double-checked, but Ratmo420 is leading our league. Uh, he's got 763 total points and he's already got nearly an, well, he's a 19-point lead on the field. So, a bit of a ringer in here. I don't know what's going on there.
1: Yeah, well, funny enough, I actually saw him in a Facebook group. And
0: Yes, he's leading he, the, the Fight Club One League or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, the, super, the, the Supercross Fight Club or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, SX Fire Club, which, uh, yeah, they have a, a group on Facebook. And I saw him, I just can't think what his name is, but I saw him saying, hey, that's me, because they pointed out his top score for the weekend.
0: Oh, I'll um, have to go and check that then and hit him up with a message to make sure that he sends through his uh, details so that he's eligible for prizes, because otherwise he's going to win the overall and we'll have to boot him out.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no, he uh, he's leading... At least two different leagues. I know he's yeah
0: in two at least, but um, yeah. So I'm 21st in our league, and you're 20. Where did I just see that? 26th overall, which is yep. not bad considering we've got 110 players. I'm happy that I'm in that sort of top, or well, just into the top quarter. So yeah, that's pretty good. Happy with that. Um, but tips for this weekend. Who have you got in your 250 team, Benny?
1: Well, for all the listeners that are listening, when the first round of West was on, I said I'm picking Anstey and he didn't race. So I'm <laughs> picking him because he's there. Uh, he's an all-star at six. So unless I see something horrible out of him on Sunday morning, uh, he'll most likely stay there got jeremy hand hardy munoz and cullen park at the moment uh but i want to watch qualifying you know i'm all about the thursday team but that first round is always yeah. hard first round you really is qualifying. Like... yeah nah,
0: so well that's not bad I, I don't mind it um but i'm sort of going with the idea of um uh, Hunter Lawrence is the all-star every other week and you just find somebody to fill in for those other weeks. So I've gone Hunter as my all-star straight off the bat. And then I've gone Henry Miller, Preston Kilroy and Luke Neese. Luke Neese I've gone because, one, I've spoken to him and I've had him on the show before, but he's been at the Club MX uh, facility there. I know he's privateer, but I know he's been doing plenty of laps with um, like Phil, Enzo and, and Jeremy. Uh, You see him in the background of some of the Club MX, um, you know, the YouTube series that they've got going this year. So I know he's doing plenty of laps. And Henry Miller's been on the 450 um, at the West Coast round. So he's got plenty of laps in. Yes, he had a bit of a bump around last week, but he rode pretty well this past week at Anaheim too. So I like him. And Preston, Preston's usually pretty fast, but we'll see how he goes at practice. He's the, you know, he's probably my one that might be moved pending qualifying times.
1: Yeah, well he's just uh, signed for Club Max two as a fill in, I think. Is
0: um, that right? I'm not sure on that one, but yeah, he might have. But yeah, he they they all it's all this this the two fifties, like you said, it's subject to change because of the uh, first round situation. So we'll see how we get when we get the qualifying times out of uh Sunday morning. It'll be early, I think. So yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it's a 5.30, 6 o'clock start, I think, this time. Yeah, she'll uh, up early. Yeah.
0: All right, 450s. Now, this is where it's a bit more set, and your Thursday team can probably get you right through the weekend unless there's an injury. Who have you gone for 450s? Um, At this
1: point, I've got Webb as my all-star. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Anderson the other weekend, and that bit me. Just Barsha has been in way too many incidents in the last few weeks, so I'm not going to pick him. And then you've got Ferrandes, Aaron Plessinger, and Tomac, and Sexton. So I think it will be between Webb and Sexton as to who I choose, um, but probably going to stick with Webb. I've got Christian Craig. Now, last weekend he improved a little bit, but he is having a fair old time on that new bike. But he is staying another week in California this week instead of going back east uh, to try and get some more things going on the bike. So hopefully they find something. I've got Savachi and Freddie Noren at this stage. So depending on qualifying, Freddie may or may not stay.
0: We're we're not too dissimilar then. So I've gone Sexton as my all-star. I know you said you had between Webb and Sexton. So I've gone Sexton. I've gone Savachi, Norrin, and I'm going to pick Chisholm this week. So we're going fairly similar. The one that I'm concerned about is Freddie making the main. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, Chis is probably not a bad pick at eight. Um, or you could go Kate if you wanted at an 11, but uh, he hasn't really done well this year so far. So I think uh, I think Cheese Cheese and Freddy is probably a good pick, but we'll just see how qualifying
0: goes. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that as well. So yeah, so that's our that's our fantasy picks. Uh, we're we're, yeah, we're not doing great, but we're doing all right. So oh, and Benny, you there's a there's a life choice you need to let let some people know about for your um, picking methods. Now there's there's three people that you uh, might want to have a second thought about. Yes.
1: Yeah, so as a life choice now. I will not be choosing Enzo Lopes, but that's that's obviously the West Coast. Uh, I think I said, uh, oh, who else was it? I was very animated when I sent you these messages and now I can't even think who they were.
0: It's amazing how much fantasy can get under your skin at the time and then it just sort of blends into the background by the end of the week. So,
1: Yeah, uh, I think. Uh yeah, I'm lost now. I don't know, I cannot remember who it was. Uh jump on the oh, team for last I'm not, week. I'm not going on the Jerry train. I'm not touching Jerry.
0: Oh, you were all about him at round one.
1: Yeah, I was and he worked out well, but not last week. Uh
0: anyway. Well look, while you're finding those other that other one, um for everybody still in the league who hasn't sent through that email with your details, so we need your uh, pulp username and your instagram username emailed through to fantasy at alwaysmodo.com so that you can be eligible for those prizes and remember the other caveat is that you need to be following all the sponsors pages as well when those prizes come through we need to be checking we're going to be checking that you're following those um, so make sure that you are following them on whichever social platform you're on they're on facebook's and instagram for most of those so check them out Uh, so and a reminder those sponsors again coastal motorcycle center goat brand mx thor mx australia michelin australia ringmaster images and helltech australia Uh, and and just before we if you haven't remembered it yet benny but uh, for anyone out there listening and i just want to have a bit of a a bullshit session about fantasy contact myself send me a dm always moto on instagram um, send Benny one, he's uh, G-R-I-N-O-2-2 on Instagram or email us. Um, ben can be reached at thecontractor at alwaysmodo.com. Now, have you remembered that third person you wanted to basically, you know, never pick again?
1: Benny Bloss.
0: Oh, of course. Did you see him at grenade at the end of that last main?
1: Yeah. So he still got me 32 points and Jerry still got me 36. So I'm not actually sure it was Jerry that I was yelling at, but. I will never pick Benny Boss again. Last lap and he just pulled off. He could have just rolled over the line, but hey. Um, but yeah, I'll never pick Enzo again. And Benny Bloss, I'll never pick again, no matter how juicy they are.
0: Yeah, well, Enzo, I picked him, but I wish, really wish last week with my surgery I didn't get the chance to listen to all the normal podcasts that I would during the week. And when I was listening to one of them on Monday morning, I heard that Enzo was staying in... Uh, California all week with his girlfriend to go sightseeing I really wish I had heard that love, the week before and I would have definitely not picked him so anyway that's what happens when you uh, get to go under the knife during the mid, middle of the week alright that is fantasy make sure you get in touch make sure you're following us oh and the one thing I haven't mentioned here too there's been a few more people using the hashtag always moto fantasy league remember you're posting up your team uh, with that hashtag, and then we'll be picking a, pro- a winner f- um, at the end of the season. The person who does it the most uh, will be getting a special prize before the season is done. So please use that hashtag, always Moto Fantasy League. And one last thing that the contractor is popping in our notes that are live. We've got a little document here between the two of us so we can do it from the two places. He, he wants to mention Filthy Phil. Filthy got a little bit of a lead, didn't he, mate?
1: Could you script any better him having lights on his bike to test out to see what it would be like for the leaders and he ends up leading a race?
0: Well, I would just answer that with like, well, duh, if you're going to put something on my bike that I need to be in the lead to test, I'm going to be in the lead at some point. might only be for 10 seconds, but I'm going to be there. And he proved that he did it. He did it for bloody eight laps or something. So.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, the the fans were going crazy. Um, it's yeah, it was it was funny to see, but good to see too. But you know, someone who normally doesn't jump the jumps, he was uh, doing pretty well to jump the jumps. Seems they were pretty big this weekend.
0: Yeah, no, he did really well. It was just disappointing that he couldn't hold on to it there. He managed for third, which was good. But yeah, it would have been awesome to see him uh, just cap that off with the with that race win there. But anyway, next next time, there's always next time
1: always next
0: time always next time all right let's take a quick break here on the always moto podcast and we'll be back with the emergency department
1: hey this is brett Macarthur. you're listening to always moto podcast
0: all right guys and girls we are back ready for the emergency department the emergency department all the injuries all the gory details and when they'll be back on track it's the list you really don't want to be on that is right. You do not want to be on this list. And there are way too many East Coast 250 guys on this list before the season's even started. So let's jump into it. Uh, everybody saw Cameron McAdoo's crash at Anaheim 2 in the whoops. We spoke about it earlier in the show. His left arm is swollen as buggery. It's probably twice as big as his other one. But the good news is he's got until the middle of February before he has to race his next race. So by then, I would say all that swelling will be down uh, and he'll be fine but he's probably having a good week off the bike in you know recovery mode malcolm stewart uh number 27 from the rockstar energy husk varna we're not confirmed on anything but we're hearing from a few other media sources uh i think it was swap moto live i think it was on uh, pulp as well uh that there's a potentially an acl injury there so this is not sounding good for malcolm stewart but we'll pass on some more information there once we have it. If it is an ACL, that will be season over for Supercross and majority of motocross. He would not be back until about August at the earliest with a six-month ACL recovery timeframe being the usual predicted time there. So I have to keep an eye out if that is actually what the injury ends up being. The East Coast guys, Jalik Swole, number 31 on that Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna was looking to be back ready to go for East Coast after some other issues last year. Managed to get a spiral fracture of his left humerus, which required surgery. And if you check out his Instagram, he's got some images of that up there. It's on his story. He has a nice zipper up the back of his arm there, where they had to do that surgical repair. That is not pleasant. That is like is the you know for the arm that is the equivalent of the femur. Uh, it's the you know the load bearing. Everything works off it. It's quite a nasty injury. It's going to be 8 to 12 weeks recovery time for him and maybe a little bit longer. It just depends on how bad that fracture was and how easy it was for that stabilization surgery to occur. So he will be back um, at best sometime after round 13 if they want to try and get him into some supercross rounds, but they may just keep him out and getting prepared for uh, motocross. This is one of those ones where you know him, Joe Shimoda, who we're going to talk about shortly, and Seth Hamaker as well, These are the ones I'm interested to see if this Super Motocross series actually makes a difference in their recovery return points, not their recovery, but their return to racing points, whether they do actually turn up for one or two Supercrosses to get those qualification points for Super Motocross, um, the playoff series at the end. We'll have to wait and see how that all pans out. So speaking of Joe Shimoda, that number 30 on the Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki, another training incident. Uh, collarbone fracture. I reached out to Lucas Myrtle to try and find out if he was getting surgery or not on that. Uh, And Lucas just said to me, just check out the Instagram post. Thanks, Lucas. Did that already. Didn't give me that info. But I have seen something really weird on Joe's... Instagram story today and he was getting some treatment and it looked like some lightning bolts happening and I've got no idea what that is uh, but the it was from a chiropr- a sports chiropractor and you know physios and chiropractors don't generally get along and my thoughts on that can remain uh, between me and me so anyway I'm not sure what he's doing there but it's some sort of weird uh, extracurricular um, treatment process but uh, I'm not really sure it's going to speed up the collarbone fracture anyway So he, again, he will be about six weeks with that collarbone if he doesn't have surgery before he can get on the bike. So, again, I'm expecting him back maybe at Atlanta, which was about round 13, which we spoke about with Jalik. But he's more likely than Jalik at that point. Same for Seth Hamaker, number 35 on a Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki, another training incident, a wrist injury. Um, He will be six weeks off the bike, give or take. And, again, aiming for probably an Atlanta return, um, to stay on that East Coast. So but with both those Monster Energy Pro Circuit guys out, they've brought in Chris Blows to fill in. Hopefully the zombie can make it through the whole season without having the current seemingly uh, Pro Circuit curse affect him either. Uh, and then we're still waiting on some details. Oh, sorry, waiting on more details still for Marvin Moosecan. Um, nothing still about his wrist and I dare say that same group from Red Bull KTM and Rockstar and G Husky is going to be running the updates for both of those teams. So we'll be waiting on both before we get any real information out of it. Um, but that was basically the main updates out of Anaheim 2. Everyone, despite all the crashes, Tomac's weird crash, a couple of close run-ins you know, between Barsha and Wilson that you'll see on Instagram uh, where they nearly jumped on each other. There wasn't too much else out of there. There was a few... From the futures side of things, that got some injuries, um, but we're not listing those things in this update. Uh, there's a few too many reasons for all that. But um, yeah, so they're the main updates for the emergency department this week. Uh, but we'll be keeping you up to date on our social platforms for all the other riders uh, and where they're coming back and all that sort of things. So just keep an eye on the social platforms for that information. All right. Let's leave it there for now and we will move uh, into a quick break and be back with more of the Always Moto podcast. Hey, I'm Luke Neese, riding for the SGB Honda team, and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, we're back, guys and girls, and we're going to hit up a Dave's diatribe. You ready? This is Dave's diatribe. What's a diatribe? A diatribe is a forceful and bitter attack against someone or something. So keep your head down. You might be that's right, you could be next. Well, race day live. Been watching it now for the first three rounds, four if you want to call it with the, you know, missed, skipped round there, whatever. That's a diatribe in itself, Christ's sake. Just because they don't want to pay the money to update all their promotional stuff, who cares? Just change the stuff electronically and move on, people. But anyway, race day live. I've been trying to not get on them too hard about it, but it's starting to piss me off. Every The last few times when they've come on, one obviously at first round we had Doris. Who the fuck is Doris? Then we had the fact that it kept cutting out with the casting at round one. But for round three and for round or round two and three, I'm confusing myself with this rounds business. Um, we've had it where they've started out the show and the sound's not connected, guys. There's a plug in the back of the unit. Plug it in. It's disappearing. You can hear it coming from the bloody stadium, but the mics aren't playing direct through the bloody um, through your setup. I don't know what's going on there, but it's happened two weeks in a row and it keeps coming and going each time. It's like you figure it out and then somebody steps on the lead and it comes out again. I don't know what's happening in that studio there, but please, when you start the show, please have some audio when it comes on this time. Thank you. Dave's diatribe over for this week. (laughs) I just want to hear the stuff you're saying. I had Justin Brayton on there and he's doing a really good job and I can't hear anything. It's freaking annoying. Anyway, we move on. Dave's diatribe. Hey, guys, this is Grant Harlan, and this is the Always Moto Podcast. And we're back from break. Last segment of the show, guys and girls. Thanks for listening to the Always Moto Podcast, as always, and thank you. We love your support. Don't forget, we don't need you to send in those T-shirt orders. We really want you to get some of our Always Moto gear and rock it at the races. So send us an email, alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com. With t T-shirt order in that subject line, get your T-shirt, get it on, get it at the races, stand up, show us it on your crowd. We want to see if we can get on some of those TV coverages or something there. it would be awesome to see those shirts out and about. Soon we'll have our website to set up for those purchases to be done direct through the website. But for now, uh, just send us an email. The website will be up soon. It's alwaysmoto.com. Um, Follow us and subscribe or whatever else you call it on your social media app to stay up to date with all things injury and moto and our inspections that you will see coming out here in the next few weeks about a few different products we've been testing along the way. Search always moto and then follow and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed otherwise you'll miss the next episode people. So subscribe if you haven't already done so when this uh, episode ends here in about 30 seconds or so subscribe to the podcast feed. Whilst you're subscribing to the podcast feed Leave us a rating. If your app allows, please leave the rating. It's massively supporting us. Please do so as soon as this episode's over. Don't forget to check out all of our written articles over on fullnoise.com.au and soon to be alwaysmoto.com as well. That's it for another show, guys and girls. Thanks to Slantboard Guy. Thanks to Polar Australia. Thanks to the Fantasy League sponsors, Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia. Thanks to the Always Motor Contractor. Thanks for you t- to you for listening guys and girls and remember you need to be smooth to be fast because if you're not I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick.